Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Have you ever had one of those great ideas which you thought could be turned into an amazing business or perhaps even change the world, but somehow you never quite got it off the ground or you never seemed to get the capital together or you didn't know how to implement it? And then, you know, inevitably, a few years later, you see that someone has stolen your business idea and got it to the market and is is doing well with it. And maybe it's because ideas are in the air and, you know, the universe gives ideas out to more than one person at a time. And, you know, many of the great inventions of the past, uh, you know, it wasn't just worked on by one person. It was perhaps one person who got it to the market and got it off the ground uh, that we will remember. But many of these ideas were worked on by several people at once. Now, I had a situation like this many years ago when I used to be a salesman uh, working around central London, and I'd often see people who didn't have their own offices. And it was always very difficult to find a good place to meet and talk quietly. Uh, You know, usually pubs were very busy, and sometimes you'd find a hotel lobby that you could use, but if you could find a table, it was a bit hit and miss. Um, You'd have to buy drinks, which were quite expensive in central London. And at the time, I thought, I mean, this is going back maybe 25, 30 years now, And at the time, I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a kind of an office that you could go to? And I had a vague idea of going into an office and maybe renting an office for an hour or so, or maybe an afternoon. And, you know, and yeah, unfortunately, I never quite got it off the ground. I didn't really have the the know-how. And I thought, what would it cost to buy an office in London? And and then, you know, you're charging people 25 or 30 pounds an hour. Maybe it's just not a good business model. And I, I kind of just talked myself out of it. And, well, I think we all know what happened. A company called Regis came along and started the very same idea and have turned it into a, a worldwide multi-million pound business with, with offices all over the world. I mean, I've been to Regis offices in London and uh, there's one near me here and I've been to, to Regis offices in, even in the Far East. And it, it's a great concept. Obviously, they turned it into more than just an hourly rental office business. And, you know, you didn't need to buy a building. Many of their offices are in rented buildings, which then they sublease out to to people on a short-term basis. Now, had I known then what I now know, things might have been very different. So that's why today I'm broadcasting an exclusive interview with an organisation called the Startup Funding Club, which helps startups, as, as the name suggests, obtain funding to launch their businesses and and take their businesses to the next level and also provide a platform for investor angels who want to meet people who are starting startup businesses and, and exciting new ventures. So it's a great concept. It's kind of, it puts the two together. It's like a, almost a marriage bureau for, for startups and, and investors. So uh, to, I during this interview, which I'll, 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 it will, we'll go straight to the interview in just a second, but I'll just briefly introduce a guy called Joseph Zipfell, the Chief Investment Officer, and he will go through the whole process of taking a business from the early stages through to you know, launching it on the market or maybe selling it out to someone else. 
And he also explains the tax-efficient investment vehicle which is used by these investors to save tax as well as, you know, because they're putting the money at risk. So it's a, it's a great interview. So uh, listen to this and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome again. Uh, today it's my pleasure to interview Joseph Sipvel, the Chief Investment Officer of the Startup Funding Club. Correct. Um, Joseph, thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining Money Tips. Thanks for um, having me. And I, I hope this will give us the opportunity to learn more about uh, startup funding, angel funding, mm-hmm. investment funding. Now, I, I, I thought of a situation where if you had a new business and you've got this great idea, you've got mm-hmm. a, a new app or a new process or a, mm-hmm. or a widget, you know, where would you get the money for that? Yeah. Uh, how would you go about raising 50,000, 100,000 or a quarter of a million? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so tell me about the, the general market for raising money, this yeah. kind of startup money, because you couldn't go to your local bank manager, could you? I mean, no, no, absolutely not. <clears throat> Um, so the typical cycle that uh, a startup will go through, uh, so you init- the initial capital that you start with is usually what we call friends, family and fools. Uh, so basically your, your own capital, obviously, as well as money that you can you know, get from, from you know, contacts that you have. So uh, typically at that stage, you're, you're, you've got an idea. Uh, you essentially think of quitting your job, taking the risk of actually building the product. Um, it's difficult to raise capital from external investors at that point, so you either have to fund that phase yourself or you know, to rely on your you know, personal network to do that. Uh, typically, once you've got uh, a prototype of your product, ideally with initial commercial traction as well, uh, you can start thinking about raising money from external investors, and that's where we come in. So um, we, we run, uh, we've basically got different funding options for companies, so we we run an angel network, which is where we started as a company. What, so, is, what is an angel? Yeah, so an angel investor is, is an individual um, who typically uh, uh, has made, uh, you know, has been quite successful uh, in his career, on her career, um, and is looking to reinvest um, uh, his or her capital into new businesses. So right, it's typically right. can be what we call an exited entrepreneur, someone okay. who's built and sold a company or someone who's had you know, a very high-paying job um, in, in the financial sector, for example, and who's okay. now looking to reinvest in other people's businesses. Right. Uh, typically, these individuals are what we call quite active um, investors. Yep. So an angel investor is someone who's you know, not only going to put cash into your business, but typically is going to take a, uh, not necessarily an executive role in the company, but at least uh, you know, a, a board seat, for example, or... No, uh, an, uh, an advising uh, advisory mentorship type of position in, okay. in a company. Uh, so we run an angel network, which means that uh, every month we run events where we present right. startups to our, our, our network of investors. Uh, there's about 500 members now in our, in our network. Um, and they typically will put their own cash into the companies that they like. Okay. Now, alongside the angel network, uh, we also run our own uh, fund. Uh, so tell me if I'm moving. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, the, tell me about on, the fund. Model, so. but, uh, basically, what we realized quite early on was that um, although you know these angel investors are quite uh, sophisticated and they know what they're doing, you usually you need a group of five to ten angels for a funding round to take place, okay. and you usually need someone to take the lead uh, to volunteer to do the due diligence, um, to uh, do the execution of the investments, so you know, the, the legals, etc. Right. And to then get involved with the company post-investment to support them. Now that's quite difficult to do. That's quite a big ask for you know, a person okay. to, to, you know, to put in that kind of work. 
So we realized that there was this need for a lead investor on all these funding rounds that we're working on. And so we decided to put together a fund that would basically act as the lead investor on all these rounds. Okay. So uh, since 2014, so um, uh, about five years ago now, uh, we, we've been raising uh, and investing our own fund alongside the Angel Network. So you become the lead investor and then you invite Correct. other angels to come and join at Exactly, your that's exactly events. the model. So every company that we... Uh, so we source the companies. Companies come to us first. If we like them, uh, we make them an offer from our fund, and then we take it to the angel network to okay. raise the balance of the round. And so for the angels, it's quite attractive because basically the deal has been put together. Due diligence has been done. The legals are in place. And basically for them, it's just making an investment decision and potentially a decision to get involved uh, as, a, as a mentor in, in a company or as a director, whatever the case might be. Okay. Um, so that's a model that's worked quite well. Uh, uh, we've raised and invested about um, close to 30 million pounds wow. over the fa- past six years now. Um, so initially just from the engine network and now as a combination of the fund and the engine network. Um, and do you take boards on the seats? Do you, are you actively? We are, you have to be. So as I said, you know, these are companies that um, have built an initial version of the product. Uh, they might have uh, early commercial tractions or early revenues. They might have yeah. one or two clients, yeah. but they're very, very early. So at that stage, you know, you have maybe you have a team uh, that can be a solo founder as well. So you need to be actively involved and actively helping the, the management because they, you know, they need help as much as they need cash. At that so stage, so what would you do? Would you go to their board meetings? Would you yes, see exactly. them once a month? Or um, so basically, we take a board seat in every company that we invest in. Okay. Um, we uh, especially the, the crucial cycle is the twelve month after the first raise. That's where you really have to put things right for the company to be in good shape for the future. So we make sure that even though they're very young, very early stage startups, they have a formal governance structure in place whereby they organize regular board meetings, so at least on a quarterly basis, where we're in the loop uh, of the financials, we're in the loop of the commercial progress, we're in the loop of every, you know, big decisions, you know, new hire, for example. Um, And, you know, we make sure that from that very, very, from those very early days, they basically act as a proper company, right? right? Because that puts you in a stage where 12 months, 18 months down the line, when you need to raise your next round of funding, uh, potentially at that point from more institutional type of investors, okay. you're in good shape. You 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 can clearly show that you've you've got proper governance in place, that's and that's good, really yeah. really important to 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 attract you know more, you know, let's say later stage type of investors as well. So, so uh, venture we, capital one. exactly yeah, <coughs> yeah. So to go back to your original question on the on the cycle, so you, typically the first phase is kind of bootstrapping, getting money here and there. Uh, once you've got uh, a product, you can raise money from business angels and very early stage investors such okay. as ourselves. And then I would say, usually two or three years down the line, you you can start targeting venture capital investors, as you said. Um, and okay. that's for bigger tickets, what we call Series A uh, funding, your first institutional round. And so initially you might say, I, I was at one of your pitching events, which was very, very interesting. There mm-hmm. were people there looking to raise money for a, an electric bike, sort of hire scheme, like a zip bike type yep. of thing. There was a recruitment software, yep. uh, companies sending rockets into the, to, yep. to space <laughs> on a balloon. Uh, really interesting. I'm not, I'm not yep. even flipping about it. It was very, very interesting, the whole thing. And some of them were looking for you know, a couple of hundred thousand, yep. uh, that sort of thing. So, so when you, you, you say, here's your 200,000. Yeah. 
how do you monitor what they do with that? How do you, you know, what do they do with that money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how do you keep a check on that? Do you... Yeah, so the, the <coughs> it's, it's hugely important. That's, that's, you know, that's the job as, a, as, an, as an early stage investor is to, is to make sure that, you know, before you invest the money, you know how that money is going to be used and you know what that money can achieve. So that goes back to your due diligence, basically. So uh, yeah. when we, before we get a company at the events, uh, we've done quite a lot of work. And right. Usually we've actually invested in these companies yes. from our fund, yes. uh, which means that we've gone through a due diligence process with them where we analyzed and agreed uh, basically a set of cash flow projections in, that shows how the money is going to be used yeah. and what's going to be achieved with that funding round. So that's extremely important because obviously you deal with people who are extremely optimistic by nature, you know, and entrepreneurs are very excited by the idea and they're very um, optimistic in terms of how quickly things are going to develop. And sometimes disorganized. Not and disorganized yeah. and, you know, it's quite difficult. They're very small teams usually. Uh, they can be solo founders, as I said, and it's impossible to be good at everything. You know? yes, so if you're, if you're an engineer that's great at building a product, you might not be fantastic at running the financial side of yes, the business. Yeah. So it's, that's why I said earlier, it's, it's extremely important that we get involved with that side and we, we, we provide support where we can. Um, and that goes back to, uh, as part of our due diligence, agreeing a set of cash flow projections that we think is realistic. And that often means knocking down the expectations of the founders, which tend to be by nature over-optimistic. Right. And you know we've invested in more than 150 companies now, so we know how difficult this is and how long it takes uh, for, for these companies to actually yeah. you know, get the revenues to where they want, want it to be. So uh, that's, the, that's the work that we do pre-investments. And post-investments, uh, as I said, we, we keep them on very close watch. So we, uh, we, we attend every board meeting that they do. We make sure that every board meeting starts with a conversation on the financials and the financial situation of the company, the projections, etc., and where we are, uh, the runway that the company has. And it's always about making sure that whatever cash is in the bank is enough to achieve your next milestones so that if you need to raise capital again, you can show that you've achieved something with your previous round so that it's, it's an attractive opportunity for new investors as well. So you would, that money would go into shares. You'd be issued with shares in the company. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's equity investments um, all down under uh, a tax relief that maybe we should mention at this point. Yeah, I, I was going to mention... The EIS scheme. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because that's course, very interesting yes. to, to the, from the tax point of view. Of course, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's a huge driver of the ecosystem. So the Enterprise Investment Scheme has been around for about 30 years. Uh, it's effectively a tax relief for private individuals to invest in early stage companies. Right. Um, the way it works is that when you invest in an early stage company in the UK under EIS, you will get 30% of your investment back from HMRC against your income tax. There's uh, the little brother to that scheme called uh, the um, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme that was launched seven years ago. Um, and that's even more attractive. So that's for even younger companies, less than two years old. And instead of 30%, you get 50% of your investment back right. against your income tax. Uh, there's many other benefits. If the company goes bankrupt, uh, you have what's called loss relief. So you have an extra protection on your investments, which means that your downside is very much limited uh, in terms of, you know, Losing, losing your, your, your yeah. capital. So you're, if you invest 100 <coughs> on the SES, you're actually really risking about 27, 28 uh, mm -hmm. pounds. If you invest 100 on the uh, ES in slightly more mature companies, you're really risking about 35. Um, so you're, you've got this huge downside protection offered effectively by the government against your tax. 
Okay. And that's um, to encourage, obviously, new startups. Because yeah. I, I was at your event, and a lot of people yeah. coming in from, from Europe to invest here, perhaps because there's a market here for raising yeah. capital. Well, the, the, the way it's, it's basically <coughs> worked out for the UK is that it's been a huge boost to um, you know, the whole ecosystem. So it's been uh, a, a huge boost of, in terms of providing capital to early-stage companies, tech companies. Um, and you know, it's no surprise that 30 years down the line, the UK is now by far the most active tech investment market in really? Europe. Wow. So you've got more unicorns, as they call a company yeah. valued at more than a billion dollars, uh, in the UK than the rest of Europe combined. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, there's many many success stories from you know uh, ASOS to Market to Zoopla and and so many more. You know, so and companies like Zoopla well. started from an EIS. Absolutely, yeah. So th- every company always go through effectively the same cycle. You know, they, all, they were all small startups at some point. They were all an ID at some point that the founders had to fund uh, from a very early stage uh, with, using their own capital, using friends and family and using early stage angel investors. All of them have okay. gone through the, this cycle. And, and some of them now who've made it are themselves reinvesting. Quite, so the Zoopla founder, for example, is a very well-known angel investor as well. Okay. He's putting quite a lot of his own cash into companies. Fantastic. Uh, so you know, it's it's this. Every company goes through this cycle, and and yeah. Well, I know statistics show that you know nine out of ten startups fail. I mean, yeah. I, I'm assuming under your guidance and the type of investments, yeah. you, businesses you invest in, you would improve on that rate. And yeah. so tell me about some of your successes and perhaps the stuff that hasn't gone so well. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, well, just. I started a macro view. So we, we've invested now in about 175 companies. Um, we've got, in terms of failure, uh, we've got about 10% of that uh, total portfolio that, that's failed. Uh, we expect that to go up eventually. As you said, you know, the, so the overall number is, is nine, 9 out of 10. Nine so you've reversed that. You've, yeah. yeah, at the moment we are, but we, we know that's going to go up. Uh, we think that all the work that I mentioned earlier in terms of making sure that the money is managed properly is, is going to help us make sure that some of these companies extend their runway and, and, and make it where you know, they could have you know, they could have gone bankrupt if, if we hadn't done that work. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Now, it's very important to know that the returns in venture capital and early stage investing tend to follow up what's called power law Right, so it's it's a minority of investments that return ninety percent of your returns. Okay. Right, so, so it's and the ones we that see really that very make clearly. it big. They're exactly. The ones. So yeah. um, uh, we and it's very clear in our portfolio. So out of the hundred seventy-five companies, there's a leading pack of about twenty to thirty businesses that currently make up eighty percent of the returns in our portfolio. So and that includes companies. Uh, I can mention a couple of that's, that's yeah, sure. Right. So, yeah. Uh, there's one company that we're very proud about, which is called Unfido. Uh, which is a company that you might have used without even knowing it. Uh, so they do um, automated background checks, identity verification using computer vision okay. technology. Uh, so that company uh, was born out of um, Oxford University's incubator. Uh, we invested, we raised the first round of funding uh, back in 2013 um, at a company valuation at the time of uh, £600,000. The company recently raised investment from SoftBank, um, a Japanese uh, okay. uh, institution, at uh, 150 million valuation. 
Wow. Um, we've got one of our angel investors at the time who put 100K of his own money uh, into the company. That 100K is now worth, obviously, a few millions. Uh, it's, it's money that he got quite, it's quite advantageous tax relief I mentioned earlier, yes. SCS. So, so no he got 50%, gains. exactly. And there's no capital gains on exits. So, so when has he, he exited now? Did he sell out his shares when the, the new software yeah, so took over? Yeah, so that company has not fully exited yet. So it hasn't been bought by, uh, say, a large corporate yet, even though okay. that's you know, certainly on the yep. table. Um, but early stage investors, or angel investors, have been offered uh, the opportunity to sell some of their shares. So okay. um, basically what happens is these companies then raise from institutional investors, if the funding round gets oversubscribed, early stage investors get the opportunity to sell some of their shares to new fund investors. And that's okay. happening in the case of Enfido. Uh, and investors who decided to sell at that point uh, got you know, a, a 35 times return before any tax relief. So you can actually double that if you, if you, if you include the tax relief. And that's all tax-free because there's and no it's capital gains. So. You don't pay any capital gain tax on that. Which is a tremendous uh, exactly. incentive. And exactly. And I think it shows that really, you know, one company like that in your portfolio basically will generate the return, uh, although even assuming everything else fails in your portfolio. So you don't want yeah. that, of course, but even assuming everything else fails, this one company will, will return two, three, four, five times your, your entire capital that you've put into this, in, into this space. If I wanted to be an angel investor, I, I would have to expect that not every company is going to make it big. And, exactly. But if one does, that could exactly. make up for, for exactly. some of the, so the losses. The main piece of advice that we always give to people going to angel investing is have a diversified portfolio approach. Think in terms of building a portfolio. Don't think that you're going to invest in the first project that you get excited about and put all your capital into that. And, and that's usually a bad strategy. Right. Uh, so we always encourage people to maybe do less than they feel like doing initially, but spread it across more companies okay. and, and seeing how they go, you know, and some will surprise you positively and some will surprise you negatively. And yes. those that do well, you have some capital set aside to reinvest and follow on as they, as they progress. Um, okay. So that's, that's the strategy that works. So that, that angel that I mentioned who's done 100K into Unfido, he's someone that's invested in more than 30 companies. Right. So... You know, he's, he's, uh, he's what we call, you know, a proper... Quite serious. Uh, he, do, he does that on a full-time basis now. Um, uh, so he was, he was a trader by background, but he, he gave that up to be full-time angel investor, which, right. you know, is, is the difficulty, is the tricky bit of angel investing, is that it's extremely time-consuming. Because mm -hmm. you have to obviously, as you said, attend the events, then work on the deals, do the deals, and you have to do 20, 30 of those to have, you know, a portfolio of a... a of a, of a size that gives you a high probability of having a few big winners like on Fido. And you're looking fairly a few years down the road before you would realize you're, even yes. if the company did well, how yeah. long would it be before someone so, could get their money back? Yeah. So uh, under SCS and ES, uh, you have what's called a holding period of at least three years. Okay. So if you sell your shares before the end of three years, you will lose your tax relief. Um, Realistically, if you invest in the SES, so that's the very early stage companies, you're looking at a seven-year seven, seven year time horizon in terms of realizing returns. So the big exits, the, 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 you know, the bigger returns will take a bit longer typically to okay. actually happen. Um, the failures tend to be a bit more, you know, a bit quicker. 
Uh, but the successes tend, tend to take yeah six to seven years from the time you invested. Uh, it can be quicker in certain events. Uh, certain companies that do extremely well, they have the technology that gets a big corporate very excited and they might get snapped up after, after a few years. Uh, but really, I think you have to have a long-term uh, horizon when you, when, you, mm-hmm. when you go into this space. No, it, it should, don't use money that you might need uh, in, in the medium term because that money can be locked in for, for, for a few years. And you're not getting income on that money at all? You're not getting, you're not getting income. So again, uh, the, 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 the drawback of, well, yeah, the downside, let's say, of, of uh, investing on the SES and ES is that um, you have to sit at the bottom of the, uh, of the food chain in terms of the company's cap table. So you are uh, an ordinary shareholder um, uh, who's going to make his or her return out of uh, the company being sold eventually or, get, or getting listed. It's quite rare for these companies to pay a dividend. Right. Um, they usually, um, you know, whatever cash they have will go into the business. Uh, their, their strategy is focused on growth rather than yes. paying a dividend to, to shareholders. Really, your, your return as, a, as, a, as an investor will come from the company being acquired or the company being listed. Um, okay. that's, that's usually how, how you make your, your cash. So if, if you were going to invest directly as, an, invest, as an, an angel investor, you'd probably need quite a lot of capital, but there is an option to to go into your fund, which then you get this diversification, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the model. Uh, because we realized that being a successful investor, as you say, requires quite a lot of capital yeah. and quite a lot of time. And not everyone can you know, afford either of those things. So, as you mentioned, that guy has got 100,000 in one company, but he's got 30 other companies. Well, that exactly. sounds like a few million pounds. He and has not, invested a few million pounds. Not everybody's got that kind exactly. of money. Exactly. So, exactly. so that's, that's exactly what we set up the fund. Uh, right. to honest, you know, it's, it's to democratize angel investing. Right. Um, so allowing people to invest, um, you know, smaller size tickets, uh, but still getting the portfolio effect of investing in 10, 15, 20 companies. So basically when you invest in a fund, you will receive a portfolio of 10, 15, 20 companies, um, giving you a high chance of having a few of the big winners that I mentioned earlier. So you would get a share in that fund? Uh, so the way it works is you are... Um, you are the beneficiary owner of the shares. Uh, uh, so basically, the money that you invest in the fund then is deploying into companies. Okay. We hold the shares on your behalf through what's called a nominee structure. Okay. Uh, you are the beneficiary owner of the shares as the investor. Uh, you can claim the tax relief as if you had invested directly yourself into these companies. Okay. And the way it works in terms of timeline is basically every six months, we... Um, all the money that we've raised over that period gets invested into the same portfolio of company. So every, every investor that's put money into the fund at a certain point in time gets the same portfolio of companies. And then you close off that. And we close off that. So basically the fund, maybe the fund is a funny term that's a smaller series of portfolios. Yes. Right. So we have people who actually put money into our fund every, every year, every six months even. So they get all the companies that we invest in. And what's the minimum amount they can invest in? So the minimum... Ticket size is ten thousand yeah. pounds. Uh, you can invest that fully on the SES and get five k back from from the taxman. Um, so we think that's uh, you know that's a reasonable uh, uh, ticket size for people to start getting involved in this. In so this space. They, they get they put that money in and then they declare that on their tax return and they right. get either tax relief. I think they can carry it back as well. Can they? You can carry tax? it back to the previous tax year. Absolutely. So you okay. can yeah. So if you invest today, you can carry it back to your the tax bill that you paid for. Um, um, 17, uh, 18. So it's particularly of interest, I suppose, to higher rate taxpayers and... Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, and your, your fund, who, who is regulating your fund? I mean, is it fully regulated by... Yeah, financial? absolutely. So uh, we are uh, regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority as an alternative investment fund manager. Um, we, um, uh, we basically fund manage the fund and follow uh, uh, our compliance obligations as defined by the FCA. Uh, so it's a well-tested structure. There's, uh, you know, there's been ES and SES funds uh, for you know about twenty years now. You know? Right. So uh, it's it's a big market. Every year, two billion is invested under ES. Uh, every year. Every year, right. yeah. Um, it's it's much smaller under SES, about two hundred million. That is still um, you know a growing and, and, and developing space. Uh, so the the fund structure itself is is quite well tested now, and we uh, we are probably now the most active um, SES fund manager uh, in yeah. the UK, um, which is great. Uh, and we are developing our ES capabilities um, as well. Great. And what what sort of risk factor would the fund be? I mean, I'm assuming somebody wouldn't want to put their whole portfolio into something like this, but no. What, is there a risk factor rating for this? Uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the underlying investments are obviously extremely high risk. You know, yeah. The probability of failure of any uh, single investment is, is quite significant yeah. relative to you know, investing in the stock market. Yeah. Now, you obviously have a huge downside protection with the SES and ES tax reliefs. Yes. Uh, you obviously have a huge upside as well. Um, yeah. Tax-free upside. Uh, so when these things go well, as I mentioned in the case of Infido, the returns that you're looking at are quite big. Yeah. So uh, the return that we're targeting uh, on our fund is to is is to return three times the investment, excluding any tax relief. So if you invest in the SES, you can actually double that. Um, and the downside protection that investors have is the full downside protection offered by the tax tax scheme, um, okay. which, as I mentioned, is, is almost 75% in the case of SES. So, yes, it's extremely high risk, but um, there are you know, mitigants to that risk, which is the tax relief and the portfolio diversified approach that we, that we take by investing okay. in, in, a, in a fund rather than investing directly into one single company. And how, do you, how does your charging structure work in terms of do you take any upfront charges or is it performance-based? So uh, it's primarily performance-based. Uh, so we, we don't take any um, fees from investors. So there's no upfront fees for investors. There's no annual management fees. Uh, there's a 20% profit share. So for us, it's all about making successful investments that we pay off down the line. Good. Uh, companies pay the fund uh, uh, an arrangement fee, which typically works out to about 6% of the money that's invested. But investors don't pay anything. So they get the full tax relief as if they had invested directly into the companies. Okay. And how would people contact you? Presumably you're looking for people who are starting businesses, but also people who might want to invest in your funds. So how would they contact your, your company? So uh, both investors and, and startups are always encouraged to go on our website. Uh, we've built uh, uh, basically a platform where startups who are looking to raise money can very simply apply and, and upload the details and we get them to come to our office and 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 and, and meet them as much as as, as much as we can we get about two thousand funding applications every year yeah, right. uh, we've got uh, half the team that's dedicated to screening and meeting uh, startups so we um, you know, we're very keen to meet as many as many entrepreneurs okay. as possible uh, for investors uh, we we've got an online uh, portal as well uh, so if what's you, the website so it's startupfundingclub.com okay. in one word 
um, uh, investors can register and, 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 you know, someone from the team, uh, can be me, can be a, a, one of my colleagues, uh, we typically have a chat with them to understand, uh, you know, what type of investment is the most appropriate for them. You know, uh, are they looking to join the engine network? Are they looking to invest in our fund? Are they maybe looking to do a bit of both? So, okay. uh, we, we work with investors to, to find the right investment type for them. Fantastic. Okay, well, I th- anything else you want to say, George? I think that covers kind of everything about the... the no, fantastic. You, you no, look, explained it very well. Okay, thank you very much. Now, look, you know, my, my main frustration is that SCS in particular is a fantastic scheme. And I don't think it's being used as much as it should. Uh, a lot of people yeah. are not aware of it. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, the market has evolved and has matured quite a lot. So I think investing uh, under SCS today is... Um, you know, um, less risky in many ways and, 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 and definitely more solid type of investment than it used to be sort of five, six years ago. Right. Uh, there are funds out there such as us who've been around for a few years. We've got a track record of performance. Uh, we know what we're doing. Uh, and we really encourage investors to, 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 look, to look at the schemes because it's a fantastic scheme yeah. and it supports uh, you know, entrepreneurship in the UK. Uh, which is not just you know uh, a, a nice charitable thing to do, but actually it, it, it can deliver huge returns for 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 investors. And just give you a website once well. more. So you can find us on startupfundingclub.com, startup funding club in one word, and uh, and register as an investor or as a as a as a startup looking for funding. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Joseph. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Charles. Thanks, thanks a lot. All right. Uh, that, that's time. great. That's been really interesting. Uh, this has been Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 